First of all, I'd like to thank uh, Rabbi Schlesinger for amazing Suda. <coughs> Come, come into the sukkah. <laughs> I, um, <clears throat> I, I'm very humbled and thank you all for coming. <clears throat> um, this has become an annual siyam. Uh, Usually uh, it includes uh, my completion of Lakute Moran. Kute Moran is the Sefer of Rabbeinu, who is your side of this today, Tzchuzi Yogin Aleinu. I also finished the Zohar, which I was able to accomplish today. And um, I want to bring you, uh, just like I brought from the piece of, uh, of the Gemara Nida, <coughs> um, from Tikuni Zohar, there is a deep connection between Lakute Mehoran and Tikkunim, the Tikkunim Zoya. Um, you'll see at the beginning, <coughs> the beginning of Lukuti Moran, um, there is a, uh, a very strange, enigmatic um, piece that talks about Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And um, it says, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Hiftiach Shalot Tishkach Torah Yisrael Al Yodo. Through him, Torah will never be forgotten. And that's brought as the introduction to Rabbeinu's Torah. <coughs> so there's very deep connections between uh, Rajbi and Rabbeinu. What are they talking about? They are talking about the secrets of Torah, the Nista of Torah. The Nigla of Torah we learn in Gemara. The Gemara in Babli is the Nigla of Torah. <coughs> and that's how you do the things you're supposed to be doing. But why we do them, and for what reason we do them, that has to require uh, delving into <coughs> the Nistoros of Torah. And far be it for me to claim any, um, <coughs> uh, any erudition in that area, uh, because to be in that area you have to, <coughs> have to be completely pure, and you have to be... Um, able to have controlled your appetites and your desires. However, Rabbeinu, his single most important contribution to the world of Nista and the world of Hasidus is to show us how to connect to the Rabbon Shalom <coughs> no matter what level and no matter how far we are from him. And as someone who has cyclical periods of nearness and closeness, followed by distance, uh, what Rabbeinu calls mochin de gadlus and mochin de katnus. Um, I can attest to the fact <coughs> that um, Rabbeinu's path, although it's certainly not easy, um, allows us to relate to the divine even uh, in the hard times. And I want to just quote from <coughs> the Tikkunim that talks about um, the Posuk Ani Yeshena Velibi Er. There's a Posuk in Yeshirim that says, I am asleep, but my heart is awake. The Medrash brings that Posuk to say, 
I am weary of the mitzvahs, but my heart still does them. I am weary of the exile and the galut, but my heart still desires it. I'm weary of you, Rabboni Shlomo. I'm just weary of all this suffering, but my heart still desires you. On that posuk, <coughs> extending the medrash and stretching it even further, comes along Tikkun 69 and says, Bein time hare zaken yoreid. This old man comes down, Patach Vaman says, Ani Yeshena Velibi Er. Ani Yeshena, I am far, me Ahuvi, from my beloved. Shehitrachek me many, who has been taken away and distanced from me. Velibi Er. However, my heart quickens, Kasher Bo Etzli, when he comes close to me. So the metaphor that the Tikkunim is using is that of romantic love of a woman and a man and when they are apart they are pining for each other so lakala shehaya nesua lechatan and so the mashal that is the only mashal sufficiently capable of telling us exactly the depth of feeling that we must have or should have for the divine is a kala a, a, someone who is engaged <coughs> Nesua lechatan, about to be married to this chatan. Vehitrachek mimena, and he has been taken away from her. Nafla bebeit chali, and so she gets lovesick, literally lovesick. The nesfu kolaroifim etzlo, so the parents bring doctors to her to examine her. What's going on? She's not eating, she's not sleeping, she's listless. They can't diagnose her. Sounds familiar. But there was a professor of medicine there. Who understood the science of the pulse. Not every doctor was expert in the ten types of pulses if you ever go to a chinese doctor you, they, they sit there for five minutes feeling your pulse they can tell you what your liver's doing or what your lungs are doing it's a different science <coughs> so he's not just taking her physical pulse he's taking the 10 types of pulse and rabbeinu talks about the 10 pulses are the 10 mizmorim of tikkun kloli which is the 10 shirim of the osid lovo <coughs> None of the others could diagnose her illness except him. And they had given her this apple juice, this apple nectar. Because it says in Shiashirim, and the smell of the tapuchim. So these doctors gave her apple honey, these doctors gave her pomegranate juice. Nothing helped her. Until this expert physician came. The, now listen to the next three words. As he is touching her pulse, the he makira borofer. She now recognizes his absolute mastery over his field. And she 
alone to him opens up and says, Ve'omeret kol dodi dofeik. That pulse that you are feeling, that pulse that you have been able to diagnose is the pulse of my beloved that is coursing through my veins. The doctor, through his expertise, doesn't diagnose her. He just stands there with his fingers on the pulse. But she opens to him because she is makir. She realizes who he is. This comes straight out of the posok, right? Pischili, rayosi. Pischili, open to me. Pischila os yud, shehi asora mine doifik. Kol dodi dofik zuvov yud hey vov hey. The yud hey and the vov hey are pulsing through her. That is the chius of the Rabbonishlam that comes through us. And the expert doctor, the tzaddik, is able to feel that pulse so that you can open up to him and be midvadeh and say, I nimakir, I recognize, oh my gosh, you have been able to see right through me, right through me. That ability of the tzaddik to do that is what our hiskashras to a tzaddik is all about. And I knew nothing about Breslov until Pesach 2002. Someone showed me Torah Samachdala that I just handed out and I fell off my chair. It is, a, it is a Torah that I read every year. It is a Torah that gives me the strength. It is the Torah of the doctor who felt my pulse and said, Yeah, this is all your Shaila. This is your issue. I know. And this is the way to do it. This is how you get out of the blotter. I don't want to go through it now. The hour is late. <clears throat> I do want to talk, though, about a Heora I had. And I checked in Yerushalayim today to make sure I wasn't you know as Rabbi Eichenstein says <laughs> all my crazy words but I want to provide a fresh insight into the subject of Hit Bodedut which is defined in Breslov in a particular way and that is <coughs> that Rabbeinu asks demands and tells us that tefillah is fine but you have to engage in a dialogue with the divine and a dialogue at a specific time it could be five minutes a day it doesn't matter how long it is it's the quality of that relationship that you develop that dialogue is talked about ad nauseum in Breslov and it's talked about in the context of speaking to God like a good friend and pouring your heart out to him I want to add a subtlety to that dialogue and I haven't seen it anywhere <clears throat> so just take it for what it's worth because I don't know if that's what Rabbeinu intended but from Torah Samach Dalad, Rabbeinu talks about speech and in the propounding in propounding his path of self-realization as part of the avoda of a person through his bodhidus, which I would define as secluded meditation and prayer, Rab Nachman tells us, A, to speak to Hashem in our own language without holding anything back, which is more than just, you know, that little piece in Shema Kolene that we, the art scroll allows us to insert. <laughs> no holds bar means holding nothing back. 
um, which allows us to face our dark side, to face that part that we are ashamed about, to face those uh, darker parts of ourselves and integrate them into our Vodas Hashem. But then I would like to suggest <clears throat> that just like letters require the white space to surround them for them to be letters. You know, I don't know if any ever, of you heard Bach being played, but there was a player from Canada by the name of Glenn Gould. And he was a master Bach interpreter. And once Columbia Records used to hum along, they couldn't handle it. They didn't have the technology to take out his humming while he was playing. In the end, he lost the contract with Columbia Records. And they asked him, why is it you play so different than every other Bach interpreter? If you go to uh, iTunes, just play, press Glenn Gould, um, the Goldberg Variations, and they'll give you 30 seconds. And then put Barenboim. Just see the difference. Barenboim is the master technician. He's a master technician. He's playing the notes the way they should be. When you hear Glenn Gould... You're lifted to a plane that you just don't understand. What, what, where did this man get it from? And he said, I don't listen to the notes. I listen to the space between the notes. That's what Rabbeinu is asking us to do. He's not asking us to say, okay, blah, 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 davening, davening, davening. It's all by rote. It comes out so easily we can just get it off our tongues. Rabbeinu is saying in his Bodhidus, I want silence. The silence of the Cholola Ponui of Torah Samach Dalet. Because in Torah Samach Dalet, we're told by Rabbeinu that there are two types of Apikrosas. There are two types of Apikrosas sitting in our heart. One is the one that's asking Klotz Kashas that can be Da Mashe Toshu of Lapikros. You can answer him. Just, gotta have, just look it up, Google it, and you'll get the answer to that question, right? There's a second apikosis that comes from the cholol that's an apikosis that has no answer Rabbeinu says it is the shtoik kach olobamachshova as the Gemara says in Menachos when <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu went on Har Sinai and he wanted to ask God <coughs> this beautiful Torah who's going to continue who's going to and he said, oh, they'll be in future Rabbi Akiva. Oh, what will happen to him? And God shows him that his flesh is being sold in the marketplace. And so Moshe says, Zu schora, zu zu And we who live a, a generation after the Holocaust can take a million Rabbi Akivas, <coughs> six million Rabbi Akivas, and ask, Zu And the Rabboni Shlolom answers him, Shtoik, be silent. Now the pshat is, be silent because you don't understand these things and I do. Or this is what went into my mind in the very beginning of creation. It's not something I can explain to you. That's the pshat. Rabbeinu says, shtoik means it's the response that's the only response to that kind of heresy that comes within your heart answer, asking that kind of question. It is such a <coughs> profound question about my very existence and why I was raised the way I was and the trauma and this all the stuff that we carry our peckles there's no answer to the why of that Rabbeinu says the answer to that is shtika because it comes from a place of absolute vacuumness where the Ravon Shalom isn't obviously there there's no answer to that how could you answer a million and a half babies burnt in gas chambers there's no answer to something like this and you struggle and you hold it and 
silence is the only appropriate answer. Rabbeinu comes to tell us that that is a valid response, silence. Then Rabbeinu comes and adds something even more profound. And he says, but there is one person in every generation who is able to cross that chololaponoi, that's the tzaddik. The hiskashras to the tzaddik allows you to jump onto that transport vehicle that crosses the chololaponoi to the other side, where the soivev does give an answer. But the answer is quantum chasidus. It's not rational chasidus. And the answer comes in the form of a nigun. Now the Alter Rebbe, correct me if I'm wrong, Rabbi, once went to a town where they all had kashas against him. And he goes into the base medrash, and each one had different kashas, and he says, I'm going to answer all your kashas. Is that correct? And he sings a nigun, and everyone walked away, and all their kashas were answered. We don't understand what that vibratory energy is about. There are some people who live on that level of vibratory energy, at one level it's music and, and another level it's a scream and at another level we can't even hear it. But it's a vibratory level of energy that is called the nigun. And Rabbeinu says that that nigun, by being miskasha to the tzaddik of your generation, to the tzaddik hador or the tzaddik Reb Nachman, we can access by his being miskasha to the tzaddik the most profound questions of our lives. Not in a rational way. That will have to wait. Laosid lovo, he says. But through the nigun, you're being able to be over the hololaponu to access that soive. So I would like to humbly suggest that his bodhidus must therefore contain three components. Not the ones you see on Google, just the pouring out or the ones that we're told in some of the common... Um, <coughs> his, uh, um, Wrestle of 101 books in English. The first step is speech. In this first step, we articulate as Reb Nossen recommends, pouring out our hearts to the Shlolem with all our material and spiritual needs. This step is the conventional approach to his Bodhidas, outlined in such teachers' works as Rav Kaplan, Rav Greenbaum, Rav Oiza Bergman, Rav Kramer, <coughs> and Rav Brody. But I would like to suggest, like um, um, like some, uh, that the second level, um, David Sears talks about this in uh, the Hisbodidus blog, that the second level is that we realize that our questions border on the second type of theodicy, that we come to realize that above all the local worries, Begashmias and Baruchmias, is a current crisis of faith of our generation, a post Holocaust crisis that eclipses the Medrash from Talmud Menachos a thousand times. We are baffled like the Piyasetzna Rebbe, but we don't have his holy Amuna and his fire. We are the generation after, left dumbfounded and dead in our tracks as we attempt to dialogue with the divine Kivyachal in his Bodhidus. What a chutzpah! So we fall silent. The second level is Shtika. That's the silence. We enter that space of the Hololaponu where language becomes impossible, irrelevant, and ineffective. In this step, we stand in silence before the holy silence of the Rabbonish Lolom, before his silence as he commanded Moshe Rabbeinu, Shtoik Kach Olabamach Shava. 
Finally, in the last step, I do. I have not seen this anywhere else. David Sears doesn't talk about this. No one else talks about this. And that's Hiskashrus to the Tzaddik. In this final step in his Bodhidus, we realize our poverty of spirit as we drown in the free fall within the Hololaponoi of not knowing. In this space known elsewhere as the dark night of the soul, we are rescued by our Hiskashrus to the Tzaddik. We don't refuse it. We don't deny it. We sink and drown in it. We identify with his nigun, and in the melody we lose our sense of self and are uplifted by the hope for a future understanding, Osid Lovo, and the refuge of knowing that Sadiq was able to cross over the Hololaponu to the other side, where accessing the Soivev, he was able to find a non-discursive response to the very question of history and redemption. I believe that Rabbeinu would expect nothing less from us than to follow his Torah, especially one of the most enigmatic lessons of Lakute Moran. Torah 64 <coughs> brought me to Breslov. Torah 64 remains the most powerful response to the Holocaust, as well as the most significant and strongest reading of the Arizal since the Groh. It faces the questions of the literal nature of the Tzimtzum, outlined in a letter more recently by Rav Schneerson of Lubavitch in 1983, and the only theory to posit the ultimate paradoxical nature of the Tzimtzum. The very issues that vexed the two disciples of the Alter Rebbe, his son the Mitzler Rebbe and Rav Aaron of Staroshella, as to the very nature of reality as illusion or dependent on human versus divine perspective, is articulated fully and fully resolved in Torah Samach Dalet. Nothing since this Torah compares to its majesty and breathtaking daring. It is quantum Hasidus compared with the Newtonian worldviews hitherto. I feel strongly that we need to incorporate the lesson of Torah 64 into our Hisbogadus. Thank you very much. I'd like to ask the rabbi to say a few words of bracha. I know, you, you say that every year. <laughs> a bracha. We are now in the middle of Zmansim Chaseni. As we know, the Kadmoyim say, why is Zmansim Chaseni? Because we got re- released from all the, our, our, our sins in Kippur. This is one of the oldest ones say that this is the most, most elevated yontif that there is in the entire year. Because every single day, just learned today, the Torah's other Torah's say, we have seven days of Sukkot. Every day of Sukkot, because we return to Hashem, this yontif Sukkot is the Torah's We can bring back an entire year, like Sunday today, we can bring back all the Sundays from the past year. But tomorrow, Monday, Serving Hashem we can bring back all the Mondays from the past year. So we're now in an unbelievable time. Hashem should help all of us should have, have the schus to serve Hashem Tach Simcha and be zayicha to the big Simcha of Bultigoyim Highway Mine Omein.